saving money on plant protection supplies. Now at Menards. Defend your garden with Triazicide Insect Killer. Its fast-acting formula protects lawns, vegetables, and many other plants. It kills more than 260 insects by contact, above and below ground. Choose from ready-to-spray, concentrate, or granular. Saving money on Triazicide Insect Killer at Menards. And check out our weekly flyer on Menards.com. For all the great deals happening now. Save big money at Menards. This is True Crime Psychology and Personality, where we discuss the pathology behind some of the most horrific crimes and those who committed them from a scientifically informed perspective. I'm Dr. Todd Grande. I have a PhD in counselor education and supervision, and I'm a licensed professional counselor of mental health. Dr. Todd Grande, that's my YouTube channel. Today's question is, can I analyze the controversy regarding Stephen Williams, otherwise known as Boogie2988? So this case is about an uninvited visitor to a content creator. So another question that comes up here is, have I ever been visited by an uninvited individual. Starting with the background, Stephen Williams was born in Virginia on July 24, 1974. He graduated from high school and went to college, but he did not graduate from college. He moved to Fayetteville, Arkansas, and eventually started a YouTube channel, which became exceedingly popular. At the time of making this video, his YouTube channel has over 4.2 million subscribers and it's viewed about 1.4 million times a month. It appears as though many of his videos are related to gaming in one way or another, although he does have a wide variety of topics. For example, there are videos that feature updates on his life, like what vehicle he has purchased. In September of 2020, another content creator named Frank Hassel was allegedly harassing and stalking Williams. Apparently, Frank Hassel believed that Williams had damaged his career as an influencer. So Frank Hassel and Williams, of course, both influencers. According to Williams, Hassel was threatening him mentally and physically, including threatening to come to his home and harm him. Williams said that on a prior occasion, he told Hassel that he would pull a gun on him if Hassel ever came to his home. Hassel was not welcome there. Hassel allegedly drove quite some distance to Fayetteville, Arkansas, where Williams lives, and started taking pictures. In a video posted by Williams, Hassel can be seen at his front door with a camera attached to his head. Hassel was making a number of impolite statements, calling Williams names and telling him to open fire. I guess a reference to the promise Williams made about producing a firearm. Williams opened his front door to confront Hassel. Williams was holding what appeared to be a revolver. It looked as though he was pointing it at Frank Hassel. Williams ordered Hassel to leave his property and communicated that he felt threatened. He told Hassel he would fire a warning shot in about 30 seconds if Hassel did not leave. Hassel invited Williams to fire the weapon now. Williams stepped forward out of his house and apparently fired a shot in the air. After this, Hassel left the property. Williams said that he reported the incident to the authorities. He did not know what would happen next. He wasn't sure if he would be arrested for firing what he referred to as a warning shot. He wasn't sure if Hassel would be arrested. He just didn't know what the outcome would be. So moving forward to May 7, 2021, 
A warrant is issued in Washington County, Arkansas, for the arrest of Williams for aggravated assault. Williams turned himself into the police on May 12, 2021. He was released about three hours later after posting bail. Felony information court documents indicate, quote, the defendant knowingly and under circumstances manifesting extreme indifference to the value of human life purposely displays a firearm in such a manner that creates a substantial danger of death or serious physical injury. The documents continued, quote, the defendant discharged a firearm into a residential neighborhood, thereby manifesting an extreme indifference to the value of human life and creating a substantial danger of death and physical injury against the peace and dignity of the state of Arkansas. It's been reported that Williams is facing a maximum sentence of six years in prison. Now moving to my analysis. This news has drawn a strong reaction on both sides of the issue. Many people view Williams as a victim of Frank Hassel, someone who was provoked in this confrontation. Other people look at Williams and say he's guilty of endangering everyone in that confrontation. He should have never pointed a firearm at anybody and, for that matter, never have opened his door. Here are my thoughts on this. First, I think it's important to recognize that not much in the way of credible information is available about what actually happened. For all I know, this could have been some type of stunt, like an arrangement between Williams and Hassel. But for this analysis, I will run on the assumption that Hassel was threatening Williams, Hassel made his way to Williams' residence, Hassel was unarmed, or at least appeared to be unarmed, and Williams confronted him with a firearm, eventually discharging the weapon. Under those circumstances, even though I can certainly appreciate Williams would be frustrated, his use of a firearm was illegal and dangerous. There is no reason to introduce a weapon into that situation. Let's look at all the mistakes in more detail. Williams should have never opened his front door. From what I understand, this wasn't a knee-jerk reaction. Williams knew who Hassel was and what he was doing. Williams had time to call the police before taking any drastic actions. When Williams did open the door, he appeared to point the gun at Hassel. One could make the argument that Williams was menacing Hassel at this point, that is, causing Hassel to be in fear for his life. Not only was Williams pointing the weapon, but his finger was in the trigger guard, so he was mounting the trigger while pointing the gun at a human being. Even though Williams stated that he felt threatened, he also said that he would fire a warning shot in about 30 seconds, making it seem as though What he was doing was premeditated. He was predicting the crime he would allegedly commit. It's not like he fired the gun because Hassel charged at him, reached for a weapon, or something like that. When Williams fired the weapon, even though he framed it as a warning shot and ostensibly fired into the air, he was using lethal force. It may not have been directed at Hassel, but it could have killed someone. During the confrontation, Williams appeared to believe he had the right to do what he was doing. He referenced the Castle Doctrine. The Castle Doctrine would not have protected him in that circumstance. It applies when somebody makes unlawful entry into a home, like an intruder. That's not what happened here. Hassel was outside the home, standing in front of the door. A firearm should never be introduced into a situation where there's another option. Williams had the option of staying in his house and calling the police. If Hassel had broken through the door of the house or something like that, that's a different story. But again, he was outside the house. Williams put his own life at risk as well through this behavior. He brought a weapon into a confrontation and made that weapon available to Hassel, like Hassel could have wrestled it away from him. It was clear that Williams didn't know how to handle the weapon. When putting this all together, 
when considering the evidence, it would appear that Williams is in some trouble. Although, again, who knows what the facts really are and what can actually be proven. Williams can certainly make the argument that Hassel's behavior was threatening and that Hassel initiated the confrontation. Maybe that will help Williams in negotiating some type of plea deal with the prosecutor. Even though Williams was charged with a felony, the outcome in most states for a situation like this would be a plea deal involving a misdemeanor conviction. I think the important lesson to take away from this case is to work diligently to control emotions. In the heat of the moment, it's easy to give in to a desire to be violent or aggressive, but the mistakes made in the heat of the moment can land somebody in prison for a long time. There's a lot of time for self-reflection after something terrible happens, but no way to go back in time and correct the behavior. It's easy to take insults personally. It's easy to interpret somebody on your property as threatening, especially when they're saying things like Hassel was saying. But the best move is to detach from any personal feelings and simply apply reason and logic to the situation. Now moving to my last question. Has somebody ever stopped by my house uninvited, like motivated by the fact that I am what is referred to as a social media influencer? The answer is yes. But before I talk about that, I think it's important to clarify that the situation that Stephen Williams was in with Frank Hassel was different than a fan coming by the residence. They were both content creators. So it wasn't a situation where somebody saw Williams on social media and decided to visit him kind of out of the blue. There was some pre-existing dispute between them, as I understand it. All right, so now moving back to the question. I believe a few people have stopped by my house over the last few years. Not many. I'm thinking like three or four in total. The reason I say I believe is because I'm not actually sure. I don't go out and try to interview them or anything. There have been people like out on the sidewalk who pull up in a car and take pictures or video. They may have no idea that I'm on social media. They may just be randomly video recording my house. Seems unlikely to me, but who knows? In one instance, there was someone who knocked on the door who I didn't recognize, like they drove up and parked in front of my house, walked up and knocked on the door. They got back in the car and left. They weren't knocking on every door, just mine. But for all I know, that could have been someone who was lost and just felt the need to stop by my house. Again, I don't ask them any questions. At the time making this video, I'm only aware of one unexpected visit where I'm fairly certain the motivation for the visit was based on me being an influencer. This happened in early May of 2021. So again, at the time making this video, that would just be a few days ago. Here's what happened. It was in the afternoon. I had just finished what I call the day shift. So my day is broken up in two parts, a day shift and a night shift. My wife and I were downstairs, and I saw this guy walking up to the door through the front window. I thought he might have been a friend of one of my sons. So my wife answered the door. Normally, of course, we would not answer if we didn't know who was at the door. The guy asked my wife for directions to a pizza place that was about two minutes away, right next to the neighborhood where I live. He claimed that even though his phone was working, his GPS magically stopped working. So he was just driving to this pizza place. And all of a sudden, the GPS stopped functioning. So he randomly stopped by my house to ask for directions to this restaurant. As my wife was giving him the directions, which were very simple, again, it was right next to the neighborhood, 
He wanted her to write them down. So she did. She gave him the directions, and he said, what's your name? And then asked if he could bring a slice of pizza back to our residence. She declined his generous and overtly creepy offer. He said thanks, and he walked back to his car. He was driving a midsize sedan, and it looked like he had another occupant in the back seat of his vehicle. So why do I think this guy wasn't actually lost? Why do I think he stopped by simply out of curiosity? Well, there are a few reasons. My house is on a dead-end street in the middle of a huge neighborhood. There is no easy way in or out. The quickest way from the main road to my house involves passing at least 15 other houses. The residents of those houses probably know how to get to that pizza place as well. Most of the ways coming into the neighborhood to get to my house would actually involve passing about 40 or 50 houses because there are many different ways to get into the neighborhood, but many of those entrances are a great distance from where I live. The guy had parked on the other side of my street, and my neighbor's garage door was open. So it was strange that he would park right next to their house, yet walk all the way across the street and across my front yard to my house to ask for directions. His mannerisms were creepy, like perhaps he was socially awkward or trying to appear socially awkward. Even though he was wearing a mask, which is customary during these coronavirus times, when he walked away, he took it off, and I could see a strange smile on his face. That only added to the creepiness level. When he walked back to his vehicle, he kind of turned around, and that's when I saw that smile. He looked at the house for a few seconds. Did he really have fond memories of just getting directions from some random residence a few seconds before? That seems like a pretty low bar for forming a nostalgic image. So, again, that just looks suspicious. The last part that convinced me that this was not a guy simply looking for directions is that my wife and I left the house right after he did because we were going to the hardware store to buy material for a podcast studio which is being built in the basement. We drove right by the pizza shop. His vehicle was not there. Now, I could be completely wrong about this. Maybe this guy really did have a GPS failure. He wandered around the neighborhood and just liked the way that my house looked. He's like looking at the house thinking, that's the type of house where somebody would know directions. And after getting directions in writing, he changed his mind about the pizza. So I guess all the stress of the GPS failure and then getting the directions just made him lose his appetite. Even though that was kind of a bizarre experience, most people who do something like that are not dangerous. There was never any hint of a threat. Rather, just someone who, again, I think was curious. I think the lesson here could be it's important to be mindful about security, especially with a social media presence that may encourage a very small number of people to take that extra step and drop by uninvited and unexpected. My neighborhood isn't really set up well for stalkers. My street is narrow, so when people park on both sides of the street, it's hard for cars to get through. I don't think that making a provision for stalker parking was really a priority for the developers who built the neighborhood. They could not have foreseen that. When this neighborhood was built, the internet wasn't even a thing. The reality is that the only thing here at my house is a guy reading articles on a computer and sitting in front of a camera. It's not nearly as interesting as other potential destinations. This has been True Crime Psychology and Personality from Ars Longa Media. This content is for educational and entertainment purposes only. Ars Longa 
Vita Brevis. Allegedly is back for season two, a new crime every time. In each episode of Allegedly, you'll hear a crime told to you by the person who experienced it, intermingled with actor portrayals, original music, immersive soundscapes, to create a cinematic experience for your ear. Season two's stories include a young woman finding salvation in God, only to realize the leader of her church was running a sex cult. A case of a con artist swindling a kindly older man until he couldn't do anything to stop her. A landlord exploiting a mentally disabled man and keeping him a virtual prisoner. An act of bullying spinning a promising young man's life into total chaos. And a luxury boat captain inexplicably detained in a foreign prison with seemingly no hope of ever getting out. New episodes release every other week. Look for Allegedly from Voyage Media anywhere you listen to podcasts.